0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Happy Friday. Glad you made it. Hopefully your day is going well. Ours is, even though we had to get up kind of early. And of course, as we do these early morning streams, we're struggling. But we want to thank you for tuning in and listening, whether you're tuning in on YouTube or listening on YouTube or whether you're finding us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Pocket Cast. You Overcast, said anchor twice. <laughs> radio. I mean, there's so many casts. I I forget it after a while. I mean, there's there's no excuse for you not to listen to us. If you want to follow us, of course, Stephen Priest Jr., myself, Brandon Stoll, the other end. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Brandon underscore stole for Brandon at Stephen Priest Jr. for myself. Don't disrespect me with that V E N nonsense. I will block you. Happy Friday, just, though, everybody. Just
1: realized my Twitter handle isn't on the main screen.
0: Oh. Well, yeah
1: i don't know what happened to that
0: yeah. <laughs> Tough it just times. disappeared that's a first yeah. world problem but we want to thank you for no. listening today tuning in today watching today however you're getting oh real quickly i got to say danke for i hope i said that right we have listeners in Germany and the UK, so shout out to those in Germany. I tried to say thank you for listening in German. If I completely butchered that, forgive me. Uh, even if you accidentally hit play trying to find your Wiener Schnitzel podcast. Thank you for accidentally hitting play. We appreciate it. No, real shout out to you guys. And if you're American listening in Germany, well, I'm sorry for that last bit. That was just (laughs) pointless. But regardless, thank you. That's universal. We appreciate it. Huge show today. LeBron James, is he a top five player of all time? One Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer says no, which is just dumb. We'll get into that. Who's going to be here for the Denver Broncos in the next two years? Interesting conversation. Is this window a two-year window? We know John Elway's contract is very short-term. Von Miller could possibly have an out uh, team option within the next year or two. Who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here? We'll discuss that. And, of course, we got to get some Nuggets talk in. How can the Denver Nuggets win a championship within the next one to three years? Somebody in Brandon's DMs, or excuse me, YouTube comments, really, says he might have an idea. So we're going to go over all of that. Huge show today, jam-packed. Brandon, where do you want to start first? What do we? What should we unpack first?
1: Uh, let's go over that comment, because I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um... Do you have it up?
0: I do have it up. Yes. This is All right. Drew. So,
1: yeah, said. go ahead and just read his first comment because um it it gets a little crazy. Yeah. Uh but I I think the idea of it is basically one of very few ways that the Nuggets can actually win something in the future.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting thing, and shout out to Canard Williams, if you're watching or you know listening, whatever the case, if you come across this, shout out to you. Uh, this came from one of one of Brandon's videos, and if you want to check out Brandon's gaming channel Bisto Sports, I encourage you to check that out. It was from his Denver Nuggets 2K20 rebuild, and Canard Williams' Um, kind of went over how the Nuggets could possibly win a championship within the next one to three years. And, you know, of course this is all, you know, best case scenario stuff here, right? I mean, everything has to go right yeah. for the Nuggets for this to happen. But first, Kennard says, Bull Bull must start. Now, if you'll remember, Bull Bull is the, the Nuggets draft pick. They kind of stole him. He was, he was a first round pick, right? Kind of mid-round, kind of like MPJ style, if I'm correct, right? Or did they get him in the second round? Um... I believe they might have gotten in the second round. Bulbul was a second round. Okay, so they get bull, bull Obviously, a player who's like 7 foot plus can shoot, handle. However, he's got some injury concerns. He does, you know, have a very frail frame for a guy that big. But here's Kennard's reasoning. First off, Bol Bol must start, either at center moving Nikola to the power forward spot or vice versa, meaning Bol at the four playing a pseudo Kevin Durant role. Interesting. Number two, MPJ must start for the Nuggets. To truly to compete uh, for a championship, not second round but a finals appearance, the Nuggets must commit to a big three of Jokic, Jamal Murray, and MPJ. So that's an interesting one right there. He goes on to cite that a front court lineup of Jokic, Bobol, MPJ would uh, give them one of the best group groups of multifaceted bigs in the NBA. This would immediately cure the NBA, or excuse me, the Nuggets' biggest deficiency on defense: can uncontested layups, blow bys in the paint, able to protect the rim. We'll dissect that. I kind of disagree with him there. Uh, he talks about the shooting uh of one three four and five those positions could have the potential to shoot better from 37 percent from three 60 to 75 from the field that might be a stretch too i think that's
1: a stretch i would Um, say 50 to 60
0: yeah and of course with all this so you're thinking okay bull starting Nikola Jokic, mpj starting you know what's happening to gary harris what's happening to will barton well he touches on that he goes on to say those moves by themselves, the ones I just talked about, make themselves or make, make the Nuggets, excuse me, better than they are today, even at the expense of Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig, and even Paul Millsap. But the trade for Will Barton is key. Regardless of whether he is packaged with future firsts to get a star like Bradley Beal or not, Barton must go because he represents an impediment to the lineup proposed above. And uh, he kind of impedes MPJ starting. Barton has established himself as a potential trade piece for a team like the Knicks or a lotto team trying to make a jump in the East, uh, the weak East, he cites, allows Denver to keep Gary Harris, who is a better 3 and D role player than Barton. Endgame scenario, he'd like to see for the Nuggets. If Milwaukee not only loses again in the playoffs, but LeBron wins MVP, chances are they lose Giannis in 2021 as well. So here's the trade he proposes for the Nuggets. Will Barton, Monte Morris, a 2021st to the Knicks, and Denver receives James Weissman or Anthony Edwards and Dennis Smith Jr. Now, for those who don't know, James Weissman and Anthony Edwards are highly touted prospects coming out in this coming draft, correct? This
1: upcoming draft, which would mean that the Knicks would have to get very lucky in the lottery and get a top, I would say, top three pick for one of those guys because Edwards is going to go number one. Uh, unless Golden State gets number one, I think they take Wiseman. But they're they're one, two, or three.
0: And then he goes on to say Denver would offer Edwards slash Wiseman and Bowl for 2021 through 2025 first-rounders to Milwaukee, and Denver receives Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so he goes on to say the potential Nuggets lineup would be Jokic, Giannis, MPJ, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Okay. There is a lot to get to there, a and, lot to break. And down. that would be a one year rental for Giannis. One year rental. Like like Kawhi Leonard to Toronto. A lot to unpack. Now, obviously, you know what? Listen, I speak for any Nuggets fan and and Kennard <laughs> as well. If this were to happen, sign me the heck up. However, there's a lot that we're banking on. A lot of, you know, best case scenario situations. So let's let's just start from the top. Bull, Bull must start Either moving Nicola to uh, power forward and Bowl playing center or vice versa, keeping Nicola at the 5, Bull at the 4. I don't like the idea of moving Nicola to the power forward spot and having Bowl play at the 5. Now, granted, the 5 is kind of a dying position. I just think Bowl is so frail down there, and we don't know if he can develop a frame to where he can put on muscle. Because remember it can go one of two ways. Kevin Durant is, has always been a frail guy and he really hasn't been able to bulk up. Anthony Davis when he came in was very frail, but he's been able to bulk up. Now he's a bigger dude. Mm-hmm. So which way is Bull Bull's body going to go? Which which way is he going to cater to? I just don't like the idea of him moving to the five. Now he does have the the length, obviously. He's a 7 foot plus guy, but I mean if he's, you know, trying to guard a guy like like a Nikola or, you know, a Nurkic or guys that are just loads down there. And Enos Kanter, I think, could even push Bull Bull around down there. I just don't like that situation. What do you think about his uh, proposal of either moving Nikola to power forward and Bull at five or keeping it as we would hope it would be or as I would hope it would be?
1: Yeah, for me, it doesn't really matter as much just because, like you said, I mean, the league is turning into more of a positionless league. That's true. Um, I, I think you're, I, I think the concern is just matchups. So you would have to, whoever the coach is, if they decide to keep Malone or not, whatever happens with that, most likely Malone, Mm. he would have to make sure that game by game, he knows who each of them are guarding. Because you go into a game like against Milwaukee, who has Giannis starting at the four, well, who the hell is gonna guard Giannis? And and I guess they're kinda at that point right now. Who's gonna guard Giannis? I, you'd have to probably switch MPJ on him. And then one of them's gonna be on Middleton. One of them's gonna be on whoever they're starting at two. That doesn't really make sense. Like, that's a matchup nightmare. And I mean, that's obviously very difficult in general to, to figure out how you're gonna guard Giannis, right? Because he starts at He's technically starts at the four um, and they start three smaller guys next to him with the center. So it's not like you can just throw, you know, it's not like if you're playing say the Lakers and you can throw maybe bowl on Anthony Davis, Jokic on their four have MPJ on LeBron and you know, whatever you have your two guards on their two guards. Like it, it matches up a little bit better. Um, so that's that's the issue is night in, night out. You got to figure out, okay, is Bulbul going to cover the four on the opposing team or the five? Is Jokic going to cover the five or the four? So for me, it's if the other team has a guy who can step outside, it probably should be Bulbul just because I think he's slightly quicker. And I think he can recover faster because of his length. Because, because of his blocking ability, he can recover faster. But the other part of it is, well, if you have Jokic guarding the four, and that that guy blows by Jokic, you have Bol Bol behind Jokic to where he can get a block. So, and MPJ, I guess, back there too, right? Because, again, all three of them are about seven feet. 6'10 is, is MPJ. Seven feet, right, is, is Jokic. So, it's the, the benefit, I guess, what you lack in on-ball defense, you can recover because of your length. With MPJ and either Jokic or Bobo that can come over for a weak side help, you know, and and get a block or or whatever. So, you kind of get help from back there, but still, it's it's tough. And, again, we don't know how good Bobo is going to be. He looks good in the G League. Well, in college, he averaged um, 21 points a game, 9.6 rebounds, 2.7 blocks. Shooting 56% from the field and he shot 52% from three again that was in college though um, And then right now in the G League, he's averaging 14, 10, 5 He's four, 14 points This says 10 assists. I'm gonna assume it means 10 rebounds uh, 10 rebounds 5 assists 1.3 steals 1 block per game while shooting 45% from downtown so again he's playing really well in the G League. Um so I it might be able to transition into the NBA but it's the question is his speed and his his ability to keep up with NBA players. I mean that's probably the biggest concern.
0: Yeah and let's just skip the second part. NPJ must start um, for the Knicks to compete for a championship. I think we both agree with that. I don't think that's one that we have to kind of dissect too much. I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I mean, if this team wants to reach where they want to go, MPJ has to play a focal point in that. So I think we're, we're right there with Kennard on that. Uh, going to the defense, though, part of this, and, and he said while it would give Denver one of the best groups uh, if not the best, of multifaceted bigs in the NBA. I agree with that. It's a, it's a unique group. You know, you're, you're three. Your wing is 6'10". You have Nikola, who's just a unicorn in his own right, and then you bring a guy in Bol Bol who's like 7'1", seven, 7'2", seven, or whatever his height is, has the length, can shoot, handle. It's like a couple inches taller, you know, similar to Kevin Durant. I'm not calling him Kevin Durant, but it's that similar type of skill set of a big man who can handle, and is like a guard, but he's a seven-footer. It's It's yeah. ridiculous, and he can shoot. I don't think he says it will immediate, immediately cure the Nuggets' biggest deficiency on D, uncontested layups, and blow buys in the paint.
1: I think it would immediately be just because of their length alone. I mean, we saw when they had um, Jeremy Grant and MPJ on the floor together. Immediately, you could tell there was a difference because of their length. So if you add a bowl, bowl into that, then yes, it, it would... But it would also hurt you with your, on, uh, at least on the outside, it would
0: hurt you because those guys can't guard guys
1: on the perimeter; they just can't.
0: Well, and that's that's why I'm. You usually don't get blow buys in the paint; you get blow buys on the perimeter to the paint, and I think that's, right. So might the be way what he, he never would be to spread them out. Right. So, I mean, if you're playing a team like Denver, yeah, that's what you want to do. Like if you're Houston, you want to spread them out. And I just don't believe that either of those guys, if they're switched out on a pick and roll on a guard, you know, we've seen MPJ, his biggest issue right now, or during the season was his inability to play defense effectively and we saw Michael Malone. I mean, it, it affected his minutes. So I don't know if that's immediately going to cure the blow-bys or anything like that. Nicola, we obviously know, is not the slightest of foot type of guy. He's not very agile. So it's easy for him to get blown by bull Bol. i don't know maybe with his length it's easier for him he can recover so he can there's a little bit more leeway for him to be able to get blown by and then he can recover with all that length that he has i don't know if it immediately cures that I'll, I, I can give you the uncontested layups now obviously those guys can cover a lot of ground with how athletic specifically uh bowl and mpj just how athletic they are and you know with the height yes uncontested layups there shouldn't be able to be that much uh, but it also depends on you know where they're attacking from the floor. You know if they get switched on, you know if Nikola is getting switched onto a guard on a pick and roll and he gets blown by, and Bulbul and MPJ are, are guarding on the weak side of the perimeter. You know are they going to have enough time to get over there and contest the layup? I don't know. But the part I will agree with is the ability to protect the rim. Yes, with guys like that, your ability to protect the rim should be much better. So there's a few things in the defensive side that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, specifically the blow buys in. I, I believe he meant from the perimeter to the paint because, like I said, you don't get a lot of blow buys in the paint. Um, but it, it's an interesting lineup for sure in terms of the height. Let's move to the offensive side of things. He said the offensive spots, the one position, 3, 4, and 5, would have the potential to shoot better than 37% from 3, 60 to 75% from the field on length alone that few teams could match or defend, and most importantly, 80% from the free-throw line, which by itself will make Denver... A contender. I don't know what the Nuggets were shooting uh, in this season before everything got stopped at the three-point line, but I don't think as a team they were shooting thirty-seven percent. I'll have to double-check uh, that. I but doubt it. Um, what are your thoughts on on that? And like sixty it, those, to seventy-five percent from the field—that's that's high.
1: Those three. So I I was wrong on Bobo's G League stats. It's actually in nineteen minutes a game he averaged. Uh, let's see, he averaged 12 points, 5.8 rebounds, 2.3 blocks in just 19 minutes per game. Uh, in just 8 games. It was 100% from the free throw line, and he shot 36.4% from three. So he can get there. He can, he can shoot between 36 and 38% from three. Right. So, if he could do that, I don't know what Jokic is shooting. We know MPJ can probably hit 40% from three eventually like he can get there. He could be a 50-40-90 type of player.
0: Nicola was very low from 3 this year. He <laughs> was at 31%.
1: Right, but he was higher last year, right?
0: Yes. And then Michael Porter was at 42%, but that's obviously, yeah. you know, he's taken he's taken less and you know, I mean, he barely has one right. you know, two attempts a game and he's nearly making, you know, one. So Yeah, but at the
1: same time I think I think that's still more real for him, right? I think MPJ could be a 50-40-90 type of player down the down, down the line um, where he's shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and, and 90% from the free throw line. So, so I think his shooting ability is insane. So those three, I think the one that you're concerned about, I guess, is Jokic. And worst case scenario, he's probably shooting 30% from three.
0: So I guess my, my question for Canard then would be, so one, three, four, and five would have potential to shoot better than three. So he's just combining Jamal, mm-hmm. you know, MPJ, and all those guys. I mean, even Jamal, I want to say Jamal was down on three this year too. He's, he's yeah, 35% he was at thirty-five percent this year. So, so I mean, I guess if you're, 2%. I guess if you're averaging all those guys, then then sure, okay, the four spots, then yeah, I think thirty-seven percent might be pretty reasonable. So okay, I, I can see that. I can see that. But 60 to 75% from the field? I mean, what were these guys shooting from the field? I mean, Jokic is pretty Yeah, there's no way. There. Jokic is there's at no 52, way. Jamal is at 45. Uh let's see. MPJ was at 50. So, yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't know about 60 to 75%, but maybe high 50s, maybe mid to high 50s. Yeah, I would
1: say if you can get between 50 and 60% from the field and yeah. you're shooting 35 to 40% from 3. Yeah, that's that's great numbers at least from those four, but yeah. Again, my concern is okay, well, in this situation you have Gary Harris at the 2. I mean I don't know. Like that's that's a hard one because as great as Gary is defensively, and they need that, he just something happened. It's like it's like the the monsters from freaking Looney Tunes came back came down and took his his offensive powers. Yep. Like there it's he, he misses everything. It's not just threes, it's it's floaters, it's those stupid floaters that he takes that just clanks off the back of the rim every time. It's
0: mid range shot. It's everything. He misses everything. So you know, I'm curious with Gary how much of this is is a confidence thing, but how much of it is related to just how much time he's missed. Because, I mean, if you look at his, his seasons, he's never played a full season. Now, obviously, he wasn't a starter every year. So, I mean, his first year, he's playing 55 games. His second year, he's playing 76. His third year, is playing 57. Then 17, 18, he's playing 67. Then last year, he plays 57. And then 56 this year. Um I'm not sure how much he missed. I don't know what the nuggets were at uh before we I think there were what sixty plus game. Let's see, when they stopped the season it was they're forty three and twenty two, so sixty-five games that they played These right there. Missed so like what nine, nine games or something like that? If I let's so fifty seven and what did I say? Sixty five? So I oh, mean, then he's missed eight games. Oh no, fifty six, excuse me. And they okay, were at sixty five. Yeah, so so nine games, yeah. So I wonder with Gary and each year he's gotten progressively worse offensively, you know, his peak year was 17, 18, which I believe was the last year. Was that the first year of, of Mike Malone? I believe that's Malone's first. No. year. No, was it? Uh, I'm pretty six, sure it was. Seven. Yeah. Because last year they made the, the second round. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was Malone's first year. That was the year that they barely missed out. I'm pretty sure on, on the playoffs against Minnesota. the that in playing game essentially. But nonetheless, I mean he went from fourteen nine, so fifteen points a game and sixteen seventeen, to seventeen and a half, eighteen points if you want to round it up in seventeen eighteen. Then last year he was at thirteen points, and this year he was at ten point four. Now obviously he didn't miss as many games as he did last year to this point, but I wonder how much of it it's just his confidence is gone. And his confidence is gone. It's because he's injured so often, and he just can't seem to find that rhythm. And then in that same token, now you have to factor in the emergence of Jokic. You have to factor the emergence of Jamal Murray. So now he's getting inherently less shots. You have a guy like Will Barton who's going to take more shots than him. I think it's a lot of factors at play here as to why Gary's not able to get back to what he was, at least in that 17-18 season.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, just look at his percentages. I mean, the points per game will lower because he's getting less touches, and yeah. you got guys like Jokic, Jamal, Barton taking the scoring load.
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: But, so that's fine. I understand if his points per game are, are is going down. That's understandable. But your your percentages should not. And if anything, it should be going higher because you're getting less shots. And you yeah, should be ideally. taking better shots because those three guys are opening up shots for you. And when you watch the games, he's getting wide open looks. Oh, yeah. Those floaters, they're wide open.
0: And the, the, threes, the threes, too. The
1: threes that he gets, they're <laughs> wide open. Yeah. And so in 26, his rookie year, he shot 30% from the field and 20% from three. So that's not good. No. His second year, shot 47 from the field, shot 35 from three. Okay, much better. His third year was his best. 50% from the field. 42% from three. That's that's ridiculously good. Um, Then it, it, it just went downhill from there. He shot 48% uh, from the field and 39% from three in 2017-2018 when he averaged 17 a game. So, that's still solid, lower than the year before, but that's okay, it's not much lower. But then it goes down to 42% from the field and 33 from three and then this year, it's a little bit lower 42 Because he was shooting like 424 a year ago uh, and 339 from three and then this year, it's 42 and 33 So it's gotten progressively lower his three is his percentages have gone lower since the 2016 2017 season each each year and maybe he's just going, you know, he's just he's just going to be a 42, 33 guy, but that's not that's not good enough for your shooting guard to be a terrible shooter. Yeah. Um, it's just that's that's the frustrating part, and and that's with getting better shots. Like each year, he's getting better shots, better and better and better shots because Jokic is getting better, Jamal is getting better. And and Will is taking a lot of shots. I don't want to say he's getting better, but he's taking a lot of shots. So and that's with Paul Millsap taking shots too. So it's that's the problem is that if you're if you're getting less shots and other guys around you are getting better and playing better and being efficient, there's no reason for you to be to to not be. And that's that's the frustrating part, and and we just watch the games. I mean, they're wide open shots, and and it's just he's missing everything. So I don't think it's guys around him affecting his game. It's just the injuries, maybe. But he's always been like that. In his best year shooting, he played fifty seven games, and that was a year where he missed. He got what he missed like a twenty game stretch. So. I don't know if you can really make that excuse either, because in his best shooting year, he missed 30 games. So, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but I just think that he had a couple of great years, and maybe he just, maybe he was just getting layups and dunks, and he wasn't shooting as many threes. I don't know, but from what I'm looking at, he's shooting just as many threes.
0: Yeah, to uh, me yeah. to me it's just a guy that just has no confidence right now. And I, I just think it, it's it's just multiple factors. I think the injuries are a big part of it. You know, it's hard to establish a consistent rhythm when you're when you're constantly missing games. And, you know, when he is back out there and he's getting those open looks, he, he just needs to see it go through the bucket. <laughs> and it just it's just not happening for him. And yeah. I just think it's just a vicious cycle for Gary. And unfortunately, hopefully it turns around. I don't I don't know if it will. But for, for the Nuggets' sake, you gotta hope so. But if we if we move on in in Canard's, I guess, proposal in terms of how the Nuggets <laughs> could potentially win a championship in the next one to three years, he mentions uh, the expense of Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig, Paul Millsap. But really, the key move is to trade Will Barton. And he, he talks about you know if you can package him for a guy like Bradley Beal. Um, if you can trade him to the Knicks for a lottery pick, you know, with a couple other guys, I just don't know. I, I like Will Barton, but I don't know if he's gonna net you a Bradley Beal. And, and we talked about this. I, I can't remember if this was on the pod the other day or if this was just you know us talking off air. If if I'm Washington and the Nuggets want Bradley Beal, I'm not I'm not starting a conversation. I'm not picking up the phone unless part of this deal uh, includes Jamal Murray. Or MPJ. That's that's the only way I'm taking this call. I'm not taking your Gary Harris. I'm not taking your Monte Morris. I'm not taking Will Barton. And even if you package all three, I'm not taking any of them together as well. Uh, so I just think the likelihood that you're going to be able to get a star like a Bradley Beal, let alone a lottery pick, is just very, very low.
1: Um... It depends what other teams are offering. So if there there's a report out there where the Brooklyn Nets are interested, well, what the hell are the Brooklyn Nets going to offer?
0: You got Harris LeVert.
1: And Barton? And Beal. Oh, and Beal. Bradley okay. Beal. So from Washington's perspective, you got Brooklyn interested, you probably got the Lakers interested, and you got the Nuggets interested. Yeah. So if the Brooklyn Nets are interested, they could give you Spencer Dinwiddie?
0: Eh. Who's a, who's a nice player though? Spencer's
1: a nice player. Well, Barton's a nice player. Right, right. Monte Morris is a nice player.
0: I, I'd probably take Spencer Dinwiddie over over Monte, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Spencer Dinwiddie is not like leaps and bounds ahead of these guys, if he is at all. I, I get it. Right, and,
1: and and same with Karis Levert. I mean, Karis Levert had a crazy game, but is he? And and does Brooklyn even want to get rid of both of those guys? Right. So. It, it depends. It depends on what what Brooklyn offers. It depends what the, the Lakers can offer. Crap. So they're probably out. Um, so it's. It. I would say it's between Brooklyn and Denver, unless a team like Oklahoma City tries for no reason at all. I don't. I don't get why Oklahoma City would try. Um, so it's just. That's. That's. I guess the big question is. If Brooklyn is willing to offer, say Jared Allen, who's their their who's a solid center, yeah, and he he looks like he could be you know eventually maybe make an All Star team, like he's a he's a pretty solid player. So yeah. if you package him, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karras Levert, and you throw in a couple firsts,
0: I like that way better probably, than than the Nuggets that's,
1: deal. That's better than the Nuggets not offering Jamal, MPJ, Jokic, whatever, right? At that yes. point, the Nuggets would have to offer Jamal, Will, and probably Gary.
0: See, I think that right there... Now, if the Nuggets came to to Washington and was like, hey... Jamal, Gary, and Will or Jamal, Will, and and Monte. Yeah, probably not Monte. You don't want to trade both of your point guards, but you know, something with that with like Jamal and Will. Okay, now now I'm a little bit more interested. Obviously crazy things happen. We're we're not GMs, so we don't know what could happen. Bradley Beal could get irritated and want to force his way out, and hell, he could right. say, "The only team I want to go to is the Denver Nuggets," and you're you know kind of force their hand. I just don't see a situation in which you could get a guy like that unless it's free agency. And even then, we've seen what the Nuggets' luck is in free agency. And trying to get a Bradley Beal, I just I just don't know if that's the likelihood or, or well, how I- likely that can happen.
1: Right, and it's because... Mainly, Washington just signed him to, what, a four-year deal? Yeah, and Bradley's
0: already come out and said that he likes being the guy. He feels like they're building around him, and he he wants to take on that challenge. And obviously, that could be you know lip service, and things could change in a year if they continue to just be trash. But I just don't foresee – I just don't see it happening. I just don't. If it's going to happen, it's probably going to be –
1: I would say the off season or the season of the 22-23 season. Yeah. Where or maybe maybe the 21-22 season. No. No, it it would probably be 22-23 cuz uh, look, a lot has to happen with that team. And if he wants to be the main guy there and he, if he wants them to build around him, they he probably needs to give him a couple years. So if he, you know, if say this rest, the rest of this season doesn't happen, but they play the 2021 season, right? Then, and, and they're terrible and they don't build around him at all. They make some bad draft picks, whatever. And then the 21, 22 season comes around and they're still struggling. At that point in, you know, February, 2022, when the trade deadline's coming, he might be able to force his way out. But at that point, I mean, he probably wants to join the Lakers, the Nets. Yeah. Someone like that who is either has already won a championship or is the favorites. And I don't see Denver being favorites at that point unless Jamal and MPJ both take that steps. And then at that point, the Nuggets would not trade Jamal or MPJ. So, I don't know. Look, look, the Raptors have to get rid of DeMar DeRozan. And at that time, it was a little crazy because you're taking, you're getting rid of a guy who is, what, 28, right in the middle of his prime, who is playing really well, and who is an all-star, and you trade him for a one-year rental. Now, Now, at the end of the day, it was worth it because they won, but at the time when they made that trade, it was completely crazy. Because you're getting rid of a guy who you could have had for the next five, seven years of being an all-star player and building around him and and Pascal and and Kyle Lowry. Instead, you trade him for a one-year rental, and most likely, 99% chance Kawhi wouldn't have come back. Or, I mean, he didn't come back, and they won a championship. So
0: they like that's that was completely insane. I don't. So, I don't necessarily think so because I mean they they traded a a star, DeRozan is a, is a star, yeah,
1: but, but they traded no him for a Kawhi top five
0: player. But there was no way
1: Kawhi was going to stay. Right, but DeMar, I mean, DeMar was that was a team that was so to that desperate city. to win?
0: Yeah, but what if they wouldn't have won? Well, say it, they lost in the second, It wouldn't have worked out. But they won, so it worked. Right,
1: but but at the time when they made that trade, did you really think they were going to beat Golden State? No. And I
0: and I don't that, care what people that's say my point. that that's an asterisk that that championship is an asterisk because we all know if Golden State was healthy, there's they, no way right. in hell Toronto beats them.
1: The the short t- time when KD was out there and when he came back, he was killing them. Yeah. There there was and and they were winning that game. Yeah.
0: And I did in the game that KD got hurt. I think they won, right? They they were able to hold on. Uh, I'm not sure because that was in Toronto that he did that. And then I think clay got hurt the next game. Yeah. Uh, he tore his ACL, I believe, even if they, they don't lose clay. I think that's a close series and it's probably a coin flip at that point. Mm. But if, if gold state was firing on all cylinders, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. (laughs) Like that golden state team, that (laughs) would have probably been a five game series right there. Right. And imagine if, if DeMarcus cousins was healthy,
1: right? Right. Like when that trade happened, when Kawhi went to Toronto, at that point, Golden State had a healthy Curry, Clay, Katie, Draymond, and Demarcus Cousins. They all five were healthy when that trade was made. So if you're looking at it and and again, at the time everyone thought they were completely insane. And it's not because they didn't think they could get to the finals. There was no way in hell that they would be able to win the finals against that team. Uh, And the only way they could is if three of the five guys got hurt. And three of the five guys got hurt, and they could not play. So they, they just got completely, insanely lucky, and... They were able to win. But if those guys were healthy and they would have lost, I mean, they barely beat Philly in a, in a game seven. What if they lost to Philly? Yeah. What if that shot didn't go down? Right. And they lost to Philly. Then you just traded a guy who would have stayed with your team for 10 years and you got rid of him, an all star player, and you traded him away for a one year rental. Mm-hmm. You lose. That guy leaves and you're you have nothing. And the only good thing that probably would have come out of it was okay, well, Pascal Siakam turned into an all-star. Well, great. You could have had Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, (laughs) and Pascal Siakam for five to seven years at playing all star level. Good job, guys.
0: It's the ultimate gamble, but it paid off. And and that's that's the only universe we know. Maybe the parallel universe they just discovered, the Toronto Raptors, you know, completely got swept. Right, but for the Nuggets
1: For Nuggets and going back to Nuggets and yes. that wait, you're getting rid of a guy in Jamal Murray for Bradley Beal, who at that point will have what, maybe two years on his contract, maybe one. Yeah,
0: and I don't know what and well, how like, old Bradley is, but I mean he's he's getting probably I would say he's in, you know, high twenties, early thirties. So and, and to me it's right, it's, your your window was shortened. Yeah, and you're not trading, you know, Jamal I don't think is a star yet. He he's kind of an ascending player who could be a star, like a lower level star like your, your Bradley Beal. Right. But you're trading that guy for a star who I think can help, but it's not like what Toronto did trading a star for a, a top five, top three player. That's that's completely different stuff right there. And, and speaking of that, let's just hop to it. I mean he also Kennard Williams who who suggested this uh you know proposal of how the Nuggets could possibly win a championship in the next one to three years. He obviously mentioned the Barton-Monte Morris 2020 first-round pick to the Knicks for for Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, and Dennis Smith Jr. Then in 2021, Denver offers one of those picks, Edwards or Wiseman, uh, assuming assuming that the Knicks get, you know, obviously they'll probably be a lottery team, but that they get one of those guys. Trading one of those prospects in Bowl Bowl 2021 through 2025 first-rounders, so all those first-round picks to Milwaukee, and you receive Giannis. I mean... Hey, I would love it, but there's just so much. So you're getting rid of that... four
1: first round picks, right? Yeah, that's just. Is what he said. Yeah. But you can't get rid of first round picks back to back years. I so think that's five be... first
0: round. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Five picks. Okay, so
1: then that would mean that that's, that's five first round picks that's... over the next decade. <laughs> yeah, Because I'm not you can't doing trade back to back first round picks. I'm not doing that. So in 2030, they're going to have our pick. By that point, Jokic is going to be 35, 36. If he's Jamal even here. Jamal's going to
0: be 32. Yeah, you, this is assuming that
1: all and these guys are mean? locked
0: in still as well.
1: Right. So if they leave in free agency. Yeah, you're if screwed. If Bradley Beal leaves then, leaves, then Jokic leaves, then Jamal leaves, then you're saying, well, crap. We don't have any first-round picks for the next five years. We don't have – I mean, they would, but they – with Denver's luck, the one year that they're – completely crap and they would get the number one overall pick it probably would be washington's at yeah. that point right i'm, I'm curious so, to see
0: what no. toronto gave up for for Kawhi leonard
1: i don't think they gave up that many first round picks they might have given up one or two but i don't think i the big thing was demar Derozan, and they got rid of someone else um because they got danny green as well
0: right so san antonio um, traded Kawhi leonard Danny Green to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan, Yaka uh, Purtle, and a protected 2019 first-round pick. So, I mean, that's all it took to get Kawhi. That's yeah. not that much. And, yeah, well, and at but, the time you have to remember. But it's a one-year rental. Yeah, at the time it was a one-year rental. Kawhi was coming off of an injury.
1: He and, wasn't playing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you, you weren't really. Giannis is the top three player in the game right now. <laughs> Okay, and so it's playing. different. So it's gonna take a little bit <laughs> and he's more not than asking that. Out. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know if I'm willing, uh, you know, to give five first-round picks and a prospect. I, that that's just as a smid to mall, uh, yeah, small yeah, small-to-mid market team in the NBA. That's just a nightmare scenario, because if one thing goes wrong, you set your franchise back not like two to five years, like a decade at least.
1: I just don't yeah, know if I, I could do that. I don't know. Okay, if you win a
0: championship out of it, at the end of the day, is it all right? Well, sure. But, I mean, it, there's just so much here. And I, I love what Kennard is doing here. And as a Nuggets fan, let, let me just preface. Like, of course, if this all this happened, then sure. Hell yeah, let's do it. But I just... It's just so peak scenario. Everything has to fall in place, all the right things. Like what if you just get some of these things? What if Bull Bull just turns into something good, MPJ turns into something good? Then, okay, then you just have a solid team right there of Jokic. If MPJ Mm -hmm. turns into the guy and Bull Bull is a solid contributor and Jamal Murray is more consistent and Jokic is still Jokic, well, then you don't need to trade, yeah, like you know, Will group. Barton. You don't need yeah. to trade 17 first round picks and everyone's first born son <laughs> and you, for Giannis for, for, you know, six months. You don't well, need to. Well, let me do bring that.
1: up another scenario. Okay. And I think when we were at the Nuggets game earlier this season, we were talking about it. Yeah. Let's say, and again, this is extremely hypothetical. I'm not saying it's going to happen so that people don't freak out. Right. Um, Let's say that let's scratch this season, this current season. So let's say in the 2020 21 season, right? Mm-hmm. This upcoming season, the Nuggets get to the Western Conference Finals and they lose to um let's say they lose to the Lakers. They beat the Clippers or they beat the Lakers and they lose to the Clippers. Vice versa. What what whatever. Okay. And they lose in a close series. It's 6 6 games, 7 games, whatever you want to say. And they had a chance. There was an opportunity, but LeBron or Kawhi was just too much for them, right? And they were able to win it, and then that team went on to win the championship. Okay, 21-22 season comes around. Same thing happens. You lose in the Western Conference Finals, again, to one of those teams, and it took LeBron or Kawhi to go crazy on them. Meanwhile, on the East, Milwaukee has either lost two straight finals or hasn't even made it to the finals. Okay. And now Giannis is starting to say, okay, I'm going to test free agency. So you have a Western Conference team and the Nuggets who's lost in the Conference Finals back-to-back years. And let's say Jamal is an all-star, and PJ is an all-star, and Jokic is an all-star. All three of them have made an all-star team within the last two years.
0: So we're in 2022-23 season, going into that season.
1: We're in the 2022 off-season. But okay. yeah, we're going into the 2022-23 off-season. Okay. And Giannis is a free agent. Okay. And the Denver Nuggets have the money. They have let Paul Millsap go. And they don't have to pay MPJ yet. Oh, no, they, they let they Gary do. go. No, they do. And basically on their roster you have Jamal and Jokic. And you have MPJ on his rookie year, a rookie deal. He still. he wouldn't be. So it go Well, he in... be, he would he would be up though. And and yes. what so I mean by that you is up. you can use Right, but you would be able to sign Giannis first then sign MPJ and you'd be able to afford it. But if you were to sign Giannis or sign MPJ first to a max deal, then you wouldn't be able to sign Giannis. So what I'm saying is in that free in that free agency class, right? And remember that that MPJ would be restricted. So you can match any deal and you could go over the tax. And the Nuggets say the Nuggets are willing to go over the tax at that point. So if you have Jamal, and again, you would have to let everyone else go. So everyone that's on the team. You would have to trade him, let him go, and free agency, whatever. So basically on the roster, just like what the Miami Heat did at one point, they had Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh, and Udonis has them, and that was their roster. Well, in this situation, the Nuggets would have Jamal and Jokic on their roster. That's it. They would sign Giannis, mm-hmm. and they would bring back MPJ. In that scenario, though, would, would that be enticing for Giannis to go to a core... Of those three guys, and say you have Bobo because he's probably making like two mil a year. So you have those guys and Denver comes knocking on Giannis's door and saying, look, we've been to two, conference, two straight conference finals and we were a game or two away from making it to the NBA finals and beating one of those LA teams. And meanwhile, Giannis hasn't been able to get there or he's lost to those teams. Well, I mean... Is it, there a chance that he comes to Denver?
0: If in that scenario you're talking Jokic has already established himself as, what, a two-time All-Star now? Well, he's a well, two-time he All-Star be, now, so, I mean, if he, if he continues... He would be a four-time All-Star. You know, three, four times. So he's been to All-Star games. He's a regular All-Star you know, appearance guy. And he's guy. been top five in the MVP race. Okay. Jamal Murray's made it to one. I, I don't know if that happens, but in this scenario, I'll go with it. Okay. Jamal's made it to an All-Star game. Maybe one or and two. And same with MPJ. MPJ... Or at least then, close. Then sure. I mean, yes, if you're Giannis, like how could that not be enticing to you? It's it's a team that's right smack dab in their prime because by that time, I, I believe Jokic will be 27. Jamal will be 25. Michael Porter will be 24. So everybody's right. in their prime, you know, either entering their prime or right in the middle of it. You have a guy in Bowl, Bowl who's probably going to be like 23, 24 as well. So and we're assuming he's, you know, a solid, you know, Twelve to 15-point guy a game, then sure, I mean, I think that would be enticing for Giannis. At the same time, though, I mean, Jokic will be in his last year of his deal. Mm -hmm.
1: So... I mean, you'd be able to re-sign him with bird rights. Okay, And I mean, that money was being taken up anyway, so you would just give him the same amount of money. I mean, sure,
0: I think that would, and I think... I mean, that that would be a hell of a team. But then you would have no depth.
1: So now you're signing guys who just want to win a championship. Veterans who just want to win a championship.
0: Yeah, but in this scenario, I mean, you're talking about you have four out of five guys are all-stars. So, I mean, this is a Golden State Warriors scenario. (laughs) So... Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, if I was Giannis, would that be enticing? Yes. But at the same time, and, and Kennard cited this, like he played for a small market team. Why wouldn't he want to do it again? Well... What if Giannis doesn't want to go from small market to small market? What if he wants to be like, you know what? I want to go to LA. I want to go to right. New York. You know, I want to be in, in one of these cities. And we've seen the Nuggets get passed up time and time again. You know, they had a great team last year, and Kevin Durant decided to go to Brooklyn. That's where he decided to go. You know, yeah, that was Le- more based LeBron off a decided to go to LA though. and stay in LA. Anthony Davis, he wanted LA.
1: You know, right. But I think those were different situations. And, and for. For KD, that was he's already won his championships, and he wants he wanted to go to he wanted to go play with his friends. Yeah, his two best friends, and DeAndre Jordan and and Kyrie. Mm -hmm. So that's different. LeBron wants to live in L. A. because it's L. A. and because the next part of his career outside of basketball belongs in L. A. So that was a. A post NBA career move mm-hmm, for, for him.
0: sure
1: um, and then Anthony Davis at the time when he wanted out Denver wasn't that good right? right so our wasn't good enough to join them right so and it would have to be in a trade Denver wasn't willing at that time to offer anything either so there's I no think that's just a resign
0: with you. Right,
1: just different, you know, just bad timing, you know, it's just not the right time for Denver to make a move like that, and for Anthony Davis, you're looking at Denver, and yeah, they just got bounced in the second round by a team who got swept in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's not enticing, but what I'm saying is, in two, say over the next two, three years, or up until the 2022 NBA Free Agency, you know, if Milwaukee is just You know, just like LeBron was in Cleveland, losing in the conference finals, you know, losing badly in the NBA finals, whatever. And he's, there's just no way that he believes that he can win in Milwaukee. And you got a team in Denver who has made it to the conference finals in two straight years and just can't get over the hump to beat one of those LA teams. And let's just say those two LA teams don't have the money or the ability to go out and get Giannis so you know let's say say you know kevin durant and kyrie is you know kicking his ass in in East conference and that's you know that's what's happening and so he just wants to get out of the East, you know he either wants to get out of the east he wants to join a you know a team that's that he knows that he can win and win instantly and the two la teams are out of the deal because they're already they already have their superstars there and denver the reason why they're able to do it is because they have young guys. And they can use restricted free agency and bird rights to their advantage. They would go over there. And it would be it would be what Golden State did, right? Where they had the advantage of being able to draft Steph, Clay, Draymond, and be able to sign all three of them and still because of bird rights and still be able to go out and sign a free agent like Kevin Durant. So that's you just you have to build like them and for i mean for golden state i guess before they got kd they went to two straight nba finals right so it's like i i mean i don't know if making it to the western conference finals two straight years would be enough to entice giannis but
0: yeah
1: that it would have to be a perfect storm really
0: it would and and all this is like I said, I've said multiple times, it's all peak scenario stuff. Everything has to go right. I mean, obviously, if we could get Giannis, hell yeah, I'll take Giannis in a heartbeat. That would be a hell of a team: Jokic, Giannis, MPJ, and Jamal Murray. I mean, I I just don't know what I would do with my hands at that point. There's just be so many, just so much stuff. And knowing the Nuggets, though, they'd find a way to lose in in five to like Utah, and in the, in the second round. And I would just I just want to go cry for for an eternity but it's a crazy scenario interesting i mean thank you Kennard, for submitting it i mean it's it's an interesting scenario but uh moving on though because i mean we got to pay off the tease at some point here lebron yeah (laughs) top five player (laughs) of all time paul pierce came out and listed his top five nba Mm -hmm. players and before we get to it like consider the source here people it's Paul It's paul pierce who hates lebron who hates lebron how many matchups did they have in in the right. in the you know eastern conference time and time again so just consider the source here also this is the same guy who faked a knee injury because he he pooped himself and he needed a wheelchair so you cannot <laughs> trust a man who faked a knee injury but really pooped himself and and came back and made it some triumphant what is it? Willis Reed type thing? Like ah, oh, I have so much strength and and resiliency. When no, oh, oh oop, had too much uh, bean burrito Taco Bell last <laughs> night and went down my shorts. No, I'm not. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I don't remember what his top five was. I believe it was Kareem, uh, uh, Bill Russell, uh, Magic, was, uh, I think Michael. Yeah, and
1: um, I'm missing the other one. It was four Lakers, slash Celtics, and then Jordan. Right. So I think it was Bill Russell, Kareem, Magic, Bird, Jordan. I'm pretty sure that was the five. Or no, it was Kobe instead of Bird. It was Kobe. Kobe was fifth on his list.
0: So yeah, Michael, Um, Kareem, Bill Russell, Magic, and Kobe. Correct. Yeah. And it's not bad choices. At the end of the day, these are still legends. And and that's the thing is, (laughs) I
1: think with anyone, we talked about... It before like if you take the top seven or eight players in nba history and you you take whatever you want and put them into the top five or even top 10 you know i you know guys like kobe and jack and whatever uh if you take five guys from any of the top 10 in nba history then you can make an argument for those top five sure you really can right the only thing the only thing that is I guess a little crazy is leaving Jordan out of that top five and leaving for me, leaving LeBron out of the top five, but I can see why people don't have LeBron in the top five. Why? I mean, I, that I can't. Just, How can I you mean, not? it's just there's, there's, there's reasons why you can bring up, look, he's three and six in the NBA finals. Forget that he made nine, eight straight and, and whatever. They ignore that part, but he he's three and six. He collapsed against Dallas in the NBA Finals. He did have to join Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And he 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 when he went back to Cleveland, they did have Kyrie Irving who was in was like playing at All Star level, and they went out and signed the guy who was putting up twenty and twenty in Minnesota, and they brought him over. So he he did win with other all-stars on his team and again i'm not saying this but the person that is saying this also ignores the fact that Scottie pippen dennis rodman horace grant steve kerr john paxton all those guys were on jordan's team and also uh, magic one with what kareem i mean they had
0: you know, james worthy like, i mean oh, james worthy and here, here's the thing too i like to you all know, that
1: that that person saying that lebron shouldn't be in the top five is also ignoring the fact that those guys were on those players teams so well and if you, you leave Le-
0: if you're an objective viewer of basketball and you don't have lebron hate then i don't see how you can leave him off the top five and for everything you just mentioned i could retort you know have a have a comeback for that okay he's right. three and what five in the finals Okay, but how many times did he face a team that was better than him? Did he not take a Cleveland team on his back by himself to face (laughs) prime Spurs, Hall of Famers, three, four Hall of Famers if you include Popovich as the coach? Okay, yes, he had to join Miami and he went back to Cleveland with two other all-stars. But like you just mentioned, every championship team we've seen, it it wasn't just one guy pulling the ship. There there was other guys. The only teams you can really look at – well, well, Dallas, I mean, you still had Dirk, who's an all-star level player, but you had a Hall of Famer and Jason Kidd, okay? Jason yeah, Terry was yeah, no slouch. Yeah, but they're all at the
1: end of their careers. They really shouldn't have won that series. They really shouldn't have.
0: You you look at the Detroit Pistons. That was a team that, okay, you don't really have a, a bunch of multiple all-stars, but is a really damn good team. But at the same time, it's like we've seen time and time again... You need good players around you to win championships. Jordan's even admitted that. So that that argument to me is also bogus. And also, if you want to bring up, oh, well, he had to go to Miami. Oh, he went and teamed back up in Cleveland with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Okay, take LeBron away from those two teams. If it's just Bosh and Wade, are they sniffing those championships? No, no, they're not. If it's Kyrie and Kevin Love, are they sniffing those championships? Going to, to how many they did? without LeBron no no they're not LeBron was the best player on all of those teams and he, except for
1: no that first Miami team he, he was not, the best player on that NBA, team not on that not in the NBA Finals but,
0: but overall was he, he the averaged, best player on the averaged
1: team? LeBron James in the NBA Finals averaged 17 points per game seven rebounds and six assists no no Chris Bosh averaged
0: 18 and Dwayne Wade averaged 26 yes he had a terrible series he, he didn't play the best but was he the best player on the team no Oh come on. Dwayne Wade was. Oh come on. Dwayne Wade was a better player. Well, then, then, in that series. Then why the year before was Dwayne Wade getting bounced in the first round and missing playoffs after Shaq left? The the previous year LeBron <laughs> played better.
1: In that NBA <laughs> no, finals. No in way, that NBA dude. finals, LeBron James was not LeBron James.
0: Right, but he that still it doesn't mean that he wasn't the best player on the team. He may not have been playing the best, but he, he was still was the most, the most talented, talented player on the team. He's, yeah, sure
1: he's the most talented. That's what I'm saying. Shot, the dude shot 47% from the field and 32 from three. Okay, let and me ask you this. Let me from ask from you the this
0: then. If he was god-awful. If LeBron's not on that team, does does Miami make it to that finals with with that team and say just another productive role player in LeBron's place? No, because
1: he had a great series against uh, Boston, the in the Eastern Conference exactly. Finals. Exactly.
0: I'm just saying
1: <laughs> from the from, from the look, I believe that the that LeBron is the best player of all time. I'm just saying, so don't get me wrong, I think LeBron is the greatest of all time. So, and I'm yeah. in the massive minority of that, right? Yeah. So, but in that series he was terrible and yes. and looking at he averaged 17 points per game he averaged less points than chris bosh okay right. and not only that but he played four more minutes per game than both dwayne wade and chris bosh in that series it was a bad series for him i'm not denying that but i don't think you can hold that against him though i think that's the one thing that you can hold against lebron in As- his career because he had already been to the NBA finals before that. So it's not like it's his first year in the NBA finals and he's freaking out.
0: So that was one that was his second time in the NBA finals. One bad final series I, and I know you're not saying this but one bad final series takes you out of the top 5. I mean, I just don't I don't I don't agree with that. With with all no, the I individual accolades this guy's won three championships. You can argue if he didn't run into uh great three, you know, person teams with Golden State and and San Antonio, I mean he probably has more championships. But he's ran into all-time great teams with, you know, one Hall of Fame coach on one end and Steve Kerr, who could you probably could make an argument one day that he could be in the running for a Hall of Fame spot as a coach. So I mean it's just you have to look at the whole context Yes, he had a terrible series against Dallas But he never ran away from that Most guys no. probably would have folded But then what did he do? He went to what? Like five, six more in a row? With multiple teams? And he, won? Went to, he went to seven more That's <laughs> what I'm saying like, <laughs> We've never seen that dominance more. before and, and that was one of Paul Pierce's things is, But it oh, was these against a were... weak
1: Eastern Conference It was easy to get to the final. Okay, again with that though
0: Sure, <laughs> it was weak but at the same time... Not really. It, was, it, to, was it weak or was LeBron dominant? had to get past Derek Derrick Rose.
1: He right. had to get past the first, by the way, first big three that actually started that in the Boston Celtics. He had to play had those to Piston teams. The best, the best defensive team in the league in the Indiana Pacers. Right. The best defensive team in the league in Atlanta Hawks. So, by the way, both teams had home court advantage.
0: Yeah. He had to play those early Pistons teams. It's not – the Eastern Conference wasn't bad. It just wasn't deep. I think that's what we're confusing right. here. It wasn't a deep conference. There was good right. teams at the top, which right. it's it hard to have a deep to conference. Get to the conference finals. But right. once you hit the conference finals
1: and you had to play the Pacers, the Bulls. Exactly. The Celtics. And he got the, through them. The Hawks at that point.
0: And he got through them. And it took some time, but he eventually got through, and I just don't think you can... Oh, oh LeBron played in the weak East. Okay, Tom Brady played in the AFC East, and that's been the <laughs> terrible division, most terrible division right. uh, outside of probably... A, you know, They made what, the playoffs week one. Exactly. But I'm just saying, like, so, awesome. okay, if you're going to use that against LeBron, okay, use that against Tom Brady. The AFC always hasn't been a, a deep conference, so should we knock Tom Brady for that? No. How? Why do you think... Yes, sure, it wasn't as strong and deep, but... It's hard to get past LeBron too because he's so dominant. It's just how about dumb. This?
1: Let's look at the the teams that Jordan had to play in the NBA Finals.
0: Right, and he was always favored. They weren't that good. He and yeah exactly. Jordan he had a tougher time favored. getting to the finals. It was the opposite for LeBron. It was an easy route, not an easy, but it was easier to get to the finals, and then he had to face all time teams. Right,
1: right, and and look, the the only thing for me though, again, I still believe that LeBron is the greatest of all time, but the only thing that Dallas series is a bad look and people bring up the first time he went to the NBA finals and he got swept but you also got to remember that was a 22 year old LeBron James he right. shouldn't have even been there he's playing it took him scoring Tim 25 Duncan. straight points yeah. in fourth quarter in overtime 25 straight points for his team to beat a Detroit Pistons team who just made it to what back-to-back NBA finals yes and one one of them he's playing
0: prime Tim Duncan Prime Tony Parker. And also that. Prime Manu Ginobili. uh, You know, Greg Popovich. I mean, those Spurs teams were great. We know because they kept eliminating the Nuggets all the damn time. (laughs) So, I mean, come on. Give the guy – the only people that leave LeBron out of their top five are people that hate him because he made the move to Miami. And for some stupid reason, we're still holding that over his head. Because even if he didn't make that move, you know what we'd be saying about LeBron? Oh, well, he never won a championship. That's what we'd be saying. So, what do you want? Do you want the guy to do what he has to do to win a championship? Or do you want him to suffer and stay in one spot and then you knock him for not winning a championship? Let's like Jamie tough will probably five. do.
1: I, I want to go through this top five. Okay. Number one, right, for Paul Pierce was Michael Jordan, right? That's fine. Well, let's yeah. see. Michael Jordan was drafted by the Chicago Bulls. One, a big city. Two, at the time, no, they were a terrible team. But Jerry yes. Cross was a GM. Right, he went out and got and made a trade to get Scottie Pippen. He nailed it. He went out and drafted Horace Grant. He got John Paxson. He got Bill Cartwright. He got Um, Uh, Winnington. He got those guys, and they got to the NBA Finals. And it the first time in the NBA Finals for them, they went up against a LA team who, in Magic, that was his final year. Mm -hmm. at that at that point that was his final year he was in his 30s he had already won five and been to six or no been to what however many so that was a easy and that la team didn't have the stars that they had 10 years ago when they were going up against the larry bird celtics right and when they were winning championships they were past their prime they were done and so that was an easy nba finals if it, that if it wasn't for that first game where Jordan actually struggled because it was his first NBA Finals game, they would have swept the Lakers because the Lakers team wasn't very good
0: I mean and they then, were good it, but they weren't what they were
1: right and and Chicago was massively favored in that series and yeah. they were favored in every series I think except for maybe one yeah and that was part of that final year and even then they were probably I don't know I think they were favored in every year but they played e- they played teams that weren't all-time great teams in the nba finals even even the utah jazz team you had stockton and malone and yeah great players but and all-time great players but really just i mean it was really just them i mean the team was i mean good. those, those utah was, jazz
0: teams were winning like 60 plus games though those we're right teams. but
1: well yeah it's I mean, but again, were they better than the Bulls?
0: Well, no. And that's no. that's what we've touched on is that he's, you know, okay. Jordan in the finals. But he got drafted favored. into a good situation.
1: Right. He got drafted and. and well,
0: well. It turned into a good situation. It turned <laughs> into a.
1: Because he had a GM and an owner who was willing to do those things. Right. 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 Okay. Let's look at who's number two. Kareem. Yes. Well, Kareem also had Magic, James Worthy. Who else?
0: he uh, had we can go back and look he at was also
1: things. he also left milwaukee to go to la let's not forget about that i mean he had some all-time great players on his team
0: right i mean so, that's the point here. okay um you know bill russell played bill on russell. The dynasty celtics but again i mean he's playing bankers and, and janitors Right, and you know, also look at, the, playing, look at the
1: players that were on that team job. too. There were some great players on that team. And, and
0: like the average height of a center, I think at that time was probably like six six or six seven. This guy's right. seven foot. Of course, he's gonna dominate. I'm not not trying to take away. Obviously, Bill Russell was. And great. he was, and he was
1: playing in Boston. Right. Again, all these players are playing in big cities. Okay. At number five, Kobe Bryant. Well, let's see. His rookie year, he got teamed up with Shaq. Yeah. And he was drafted by the Lakers. Yeah. He also well, won with Halas Hall. Andrew Bynum, Ron Artest, Derek Fisher. Oh, yeah, and by the way, he had that Phil Jackson guy who just won six with, <laughs> with the Bulls. Exactly, yes. Okay, that's the top five. Let's see. LeBron James, drafted by a trash organization in a, well, trash city. No offense to people living in Cleveland. We
0: love you, Cleveland. Um, Please keep listening. Damn it. <laughs> you can't isolate the audience like that. He was,
1: God. He, was, he was also... Good enough to lead the team to the playoffs to where they couldn't go out and get a And by the way their GM wasn't good or smart enough to go out and get a, him a Scottie Pippen his second best player was
0: uh, Mo Williams Yeah, I mean at one point it was Mo Williams It was Antoine Jameson, who were solid players, but it's like I mean he's not getting teamed up with Hall of Famers here Right, so let's look at the difference there. There's there's a
1: massive difference between being drafted in Cleveland and who there's a, re- there's a reason why they haven't done anything ever in their history of a franchise, except maybe they lost to Jordan in the playoffs that one year off of that shot in, what, 85, 80, 86, whatever yeah. year that was. So, yeah, there's a massive difference between getting drafted by the Lakers or the Celtics or the Bulls and being drafted by the Cavs. There's a massive difference. And we always talk about it with with players it it really does matter where you are being drafted like that's that's important dwayne wade was drafted by the heat who was a was a franchise who wanted to win who had guys like alonzo morning they went out and traded for Shaq. there was they were willing to do things do those things to win why didn't Cleveland go out and trade up in the next year to try and get, because they were in the lottery that first year, they missed the playoffs. Why didn't they trade up and try and go and get Dwight Howard?
0: Right.
1: Or or another top player in that draft or the next year. Why didn't they go out and get a top free agent? Well, they got Shaq when Shaq was like 50 years old. Okay. Well, congrats. Good job. Whoever the GM was at that time, you know, like, yeah, like the, you, they didn't do anything to help LeBron, but meanwhile, Jordan was able to get Pippen because his GM was great. Whatever they want to say about Jerry Krause and in, in the Last Dance, fine, but you can't you can't deny that he went out and got those guys and Scottie and Horace Grant. He drafted those guys, traded for those picks. He went out and signed Dennis Rodman, which was a risk at the time, but he knew that he could that he could work there. So there's, there's a reason why that LeBron couldn't. And the fact that they got to the NBA Finals in 2007 was a miracle on its own. Yeah. Because that team, there's no way they should have
0: made it. That's what so I'm saying. So there's a difference. There's a difference between where you're drafted. And, and I think, listen, the, the debate, if you don't want to have LeBron as the greatest and you want Michael as one, fine. You know, I, I, I can't argue really much with you there. I mean, I, I personally still think Michael is, is the greatest just because, you know, his accolades as someone who didn't really get to watch him. I mean, growing up, I mean, as he was going on that final stretch in the nineties, you know, I was, you know, anywhere from three to seven years old. So, I mean, there was no way I could understand what was going on with his career and understand the context of everything. But when you look at him, you see the, the type of player he was not only physically and just his talent, but he also has the career and the accolades to back it up. So fine. But to leave LeBron off of your top five and even your top three to me is just so idiotic. And and the only way you can do that is if you objectively or you're just not objective and you're just not looking at this thing objectively. That's that's just me. And, and, you know, it, it would be hard for us to put a, together a top five because we've only been alive for the last 26, 25 years here. So, you know, uh, us having the context of who should be in that top five, I mean, I, if I had to do one, I'd probably go Michael, you know, LeBron, um, oh God, I mean, at that point it's at. You know, Kobe, I think, would be in there at some point. You know, w- would Bird be in there? I think at the end of it, I think I'd probably put Kevin Durant in there because of just the type of offensive force he is. In the never top seen... ten of all time? Or top? Top five for me, Kevin Durant, yeah. I think yeah, I would put right. him in there because I mean, yes, he had to. Now his situation is different. I mean, he went and joined a team that didn't need him, that was winning championships without him, that you know stepped over yeah. him to win championships, and,
1: and he just blew a three-one lead to that team.
0: Exactly. But I think yeah. if we, if we're looking at his talent, well, you've never seen a guy like. Well, right. that's not true. There, there's been like the you know the George Gervins, I think he's been compared to and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. someone to put it together the way he did like that, I think. Yeah. you'd be hard-pressed not to put a guy like Kevin Durant in in the top five all-time when it's all said and done. He might not be in there now, but I think for me, it'd probably be Michael. It'd probably be LeBron. It'd probably be Kobe. It'd probably be, you know, Kevin. And then at that point, I mean you if you want to do magic if you want to do bird if you want to do you know shack or whoever kareem whatever i'm fine i didn't get to yeah, watch my, any of those guys my but... top
1: five is very different i don't i don't even have katie in the top 10 really uh, okay yeah and, and i have my list actually somewhere but um i made it like last week when everyone was talking about it but uh i have kobe at nine and then shack at 10 okay. i know that's what rounds out my top 10 um but yeah i have, I have lebron jordan magic uh kareem and and uh bird i think as my top five and i don't know if it's that order or not um and then let's see i'm forgetting some players um but yeah i think that's like within my top five i know kobe yeah. and Shaq round out the top 10 um tim duncan i think i have at eight or i might have kobe and tim duncan at swap so i have kobe at eight yeah. duncan at nine I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's splitting well, yeah, hairs between like Hall
0: of Famers and all time great players. So I mean yeah. sure, like everybody could disagree, but I mean, can you can you really be unless you're Paul Pierce and you're leaving LeBron off blatantly because you hate him and he ended your okay. run, then okay. Yeah, then then, then yeah, I mean let's not
1: yeah, you know, Paul Pierce didn't win until he got Kevin Garnett and right. Ray Allen. Honestly.
0: Right, and so, let's not act like he didn't have to have a super team to win. Do, do right. we see the theme here in the NBA that you need great teams to win? Can we just <laughs> stop like pegging LeBron as oh he needed great teammates, as if every other championship team didn't have great players on their team? Yeah. Multiple. Let's great not players. forget
1: too. Let's say like, I mean golly. things could have gone completely differently too. Let's say they would have beat Dallas. That means they would have repeated, and in that yeah. fourth season they would have lost to Kawhi Leonard, who was entering his. He was a young prime guy. pretty he was much like I mean he was pretty young but he was he was I mean he won Finals MVP and yeah. that they that team said duncan he, he uh, shut Parker, down LeBron even though
0: LeBron still had like 29 yeah average.
1: but let's say they would have lost that year so then at that point he's three and two right and then the next year say Kyrie Kevin Love doesn't get hurt right remember they won game one and Kyrie got hurt late in that game yeah and they they won that game because Kyrie was playing yep so the they would have won that series if Kevin Love and Kyrie were both playing. Yeah, if they Kelly Olynyk doesn't
0: try and you know rip Kevin Love's shoulder out of his socket. Right.
1: So that means at that point he would have been four and two, and then let's say three one happens again, he'd be five and two. Yeah. So, it's 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 you know it's just there's been things that have, that have happened to LeBron that are unfortunate and he's had to play some great teams and the Dallas one is a big one, but he couldn't control that first year in Cleveland. Yeah. Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt.
0: But they would have won that series because that series went six. Yeah, the only finals you can put on LeBron is that Dallas one. And even then, you know, I I just chalked that up. You know, it was a bad series. And you know, he didn't fold after that. He came back and went to Mm -hmm. multiple more finals after that and was the best player on every team since then. And yes he lost some but he's won some, and we can't not act like he wasn't an individual dynasty in his own right in the East. And now, you know, if it continues into the West, we'll see. But uh, before we wrap things up, NBA eyeing a mid July return. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I feel my blood pressure rising. My nugget (laughs) stress is returning. Just the thought of having to watch Mason Plumley try and do a backwards dunk is really making me angry.
1: Uh, I'm I'm terrified of the Gary Harris floaters. Oh my god! I just honestly, it's been really nice not watching them. Yes, I I feel like needed a break. uh, Yeah, and I think they did too. But yeah. uh, but as as a Nuggets fan, we definitely needed a break from that team.
0: It, my my biggest fear right now is that Jokic is like 576 pounds, <laughs> and oh god, I just I just pray that he ate broccoli and chicken every day of this, and and did not indulge in. I don't think he has like a gym, I
1: though at home. No, I know remember, he doesn't. He's, don't, he's don't trapped inside. You know, he's
0: trapped at home. Uh, All he has is food.
1: Oh, and no. a tv and a
0: couch oh no he's been watching you know binge <laughs> watching the office and and eating crumble cookies all day that's what he's been doing that's what i'm telling myself uh, i've been i've fat. been dropped
1: enough crumble cookies for him every <sighs> week so
0: you know that's like my dream like <laughs> just nicole and i just eating together that that would be a dream scenario of mine. But we want to thank you for listening. Hopefully this podcast is some sort of dream scenario for you. Hopefully you got some enjoyment out of it on this sunny Friday. Again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Shout out to everybody that streamed uh, today and watched and commented. Anthony, I saw your slanderous comment. You better keep that off of here. I'll yeah, report you. I'm not anymore. Jerk hole. Uh, but you can find us on Anchor. Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public. You can follow us on Twitter for Brandon, at Brandon underscore Stoll. For myself, at Stephen Priest Jr. Thanks, guys, again so much. Oh, and shout out again to our friends in the UK and Germany. Danke fürs Zuhören. If I said that wrong, again, I'm sorry. Even, like I said earlier, even if you accidentally hit play because you meant to click the Schnitzel podcast <laughs> and you got the fat thumb problem and it hit the the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Hey, we hope we kept you in for a little bit and you found a new pod. But either either way, anybody who's hit, who's hit play, listened, streamed, whatever the case is, we're doing this for fun. We're hoping you're getting some fun out of it and enjoy what we're talking about. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. For Brandon Stowell, I'm Stephen Priest, Jr. This has been the <laughs> Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. The Behind the Glass Sports Podcast podcast thanks for listening this week guys yeah okay come on see why do you have to do we'll see you on monday have a good one